0: rough gets into everything you know gets down your underwear just not pleasant to deal with and I get the feeling that we're going to be dealing with a lot of unpleasantness in this episode but here we are back again folks thank you so much for joining us back for another exciting episode of The Devil's Due as we continue our philosophical deep dive into the Star Wars films this week year we come to Attack of the Clowns. But before we get to that <laughs> I don't want to say unpleasantness, we'll say unfortunateness. Um, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm all right. It's it's, it's been it's been not a great week. No, like I can imagine <laughs> for for you um having to watch this film again. Yeah. Some of the other things we're going to discuss in the news. Um, it kind of <sighs> feels like the week when the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Patriots all win, and you got to deal with their fans, and the Bills lose. <laughs> kind of like that.
1: I'm not. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think, yeah, uh, eh, outside of the movie, everything is is fine i I have you know some opinions on some things, but things are what they are we're it it's okay I think uh when we pose the question to people or the pose the you know please send in your comments and questions and whatnot um everyone like because we're doing attack of the clones this this, this everyone thinks I'm just gonna like go off and i I may but i
0: mean it you did with episode one. An Attack
1: of the clones
0: is worse.
1: It's, oh, it is. And we'll, we will get all up in that business, but I got it. You know, I mean, it's, I don't need to tell you how bad this movie is. Cause I feel like even among the fandom, they know it's, it's not good. It's the worst of the prequels. And I don't have to, you don't need me to tell you, you know, why and, and all that business. So like, you know, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay some stuff on you, and I might have some things that might surprise you. To be honest with you, um, okay. But you know, I, it, I think I think people expect too much out of me right now.
0: <laughs> you, Honestly, my my reputation you're, precedes you're, me, dude. <laughs> your rage and hatred are held to a very high standard. I guess among so. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, the, the pandemic so, is taming me, dude. <laughs> sometimes the beast just wants to be fed, you. Sometimes people just want the rage.
1: I know. I have uh, I have a gimmick to uphold, I guess.
0: But until we get to that, sir, how is how have y'all your don't want been?
1: Uh, y- y'all don't want Dwayne Johnson? Y'all want the rock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're uh we're one week late from our normal schedule. Uh things like even in pandemic folks, uh things happen and can uh just kind of gum up the works of the schedule and that's kind of what happened last week so here we are this week uh so it's been three weeks then sir how have your your many weeks been
1: you know i gotta tell you it doesn't feel that 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 long <laughs> <laughs> carl things are blending <laughs> together so weirdly like i you know yeah i don't even it does not even feel like that long i just realized i've been out of my office like i have been working from home since oh let me check my timesheet. uh march 18th what it's almost june dude yeah i I, I, like it's weird because it feels like it doesn't feel like it's been that long and yet it also feels like it's been forever time almost has no meaning anymore
0: (laughs) yeah it is it is eternally day day
1: it sure is the only positives um i i'm you know you might be surprised that i'm not like in a Foul mood or whatever right now. God, the, dude, the weather has been too nice the last uh, couple of days for me to be sour right now.
0: So yeah. okay. I, I kind of don't get me wrong. I'm not going to besmirch good weather, but at the same time bad weather is good for keeping people inside. Y-
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie though. I've been itching to get outside and um, this week has been great because I Grant now has a uh, a tricycle, and it has like an attach, like a like it has like a push attachment for the back of it, and like and has a the way the way the uh, pedals work is I can I can flip a switch, and he can't steer, like he can he can turn the the handlebars, but they don't actually control the front wheel to steer it, so I I steer him around by pushing him, and like dude, I've been going on walks every day just around the neighborhood, and it's honestly like super therapeutic (laughs) um i've been i've been going out for walks every single day and it's been uh it's been a very 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 good thing for me so um i've been all right playing a lot of animal crossing um i mean again every day is kind of the same so i i I cook uh dinner every night um friday is especially exciting for grant because it's uh pizza day i make the i make
2: pizza day
1: yeah I make dough like i i make the fresh dough on friday, so he knows what friday is so if i if i'm like grant it what what's friday do we, do you know what we're gonna have for dinner and he just gets all psyched up dough dough like it, it, he gets way into it man like he's all about the mixer and everything like it's it's hilarious so today was pizza day, so he's been he was in a he was excited for the dough other than that it was a a rough day on the parenting front but um uh, yeah, that's going to happen when you're stuck in the house with a toddler while you try to yeah. work. But, um, you know, we're holding up okay. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I'll be honest. I haven't done a ton of interesting things. Um, I've been mixing and recording here and there uh, the Long Cold Dark record. Um, the mixing aspect, especially, um, I've been really working hard on. So um, if you like the mix on the new album when it comes out... I worked really hard on it. And if you don't like it, I worked really hard on it. And apparently it wasn't good enough. So either way, (laughs) know this, I have worked really, really hard on mixing this record to get it to a level where I feel like it's not just good for me, but just like where I think I would say it's good. Like I, I will stand behind it. Um, so I'm pretty happy with that. Um, it's not, there yet but i cracked the code this week on the drum sound i feel like the overall drum mix on every track and i've got it in a place now where i'm like really stoked about it i think it sounds awesome so hopefully uh, when it comes out you'll agree or at least it'll sound good enough where i could tell you you know hey it might not be uh you know insert your favorite band's favorite album here good but it's pretty good for me in my basement okay so you know I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty happy with uh, what I've accomplished so far. And um that's I mean uh, Animal Crossing as I said and I started I don't think I brought this up a few weeks ago even though I started a few weeks ago. Um I finally made a decision and a financial commitment in buying the books to uh finish Grant Morrison's The Invisibles. So I've got all four volumes of The Invisibles upstairs. I finished the first volume this week i'm into the second volume now and um i remember vividly when i first read the first volume of the invisibles many years ago uh 10 ish maybe years ago i don't know and i mean i've been a grant morrison fanboy for a long time but this was like the one work that at the time i read it, it just did not click with me and i will admit even reading it now the first volume the first like 12 ish issues. I know I, I get it's, it's very, it's weird and it's hard to kind of sink your teeth into. Cause it's very, uh, deep and, and it doesn't give you, it expects a lot of you, <laughs> I guess as a reader. But once you get past that and into like the 13th, like, like past issue 12 or so, and then you start getting deeper into the character-based issues. Um, and then once the kind of overall plot is more solidified, you just have a, a more... under Once your understanding is kind of like there, the baseline, it gets really good. So now I'm into Volume 2, and it's like, it's great. <laughs> it's really great. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm in Volume 2 of Grant Morrison's The Invisibles. So, yeah, fun. Cool.
2: Yeah.
3: All right.
1: How are you? I'm doing. Sorry, all I to, right. I had to so, take my last uh, sip. Say there. what? I had to take my last uh, sip there, <laughs> and now it's time for ah, number two. <laughs> <laughs> number two. Seeing as we have to talk about episode two, I'm. Uh, it's,
2: it's, it's, it's,
0: it's, a, it's a two for kind of
1: evening. It's How cyclical. are you?
0: Uh, I'm doing all right. The, uh, but you know, keeping keeping keep occupied as as you mentioned. Um let's see. So, still playing Lost Streets of Rage. I'm going through it on Mania mode right now. WrestleMania mode? Uh, you know, it could be. And you know how, like, when you're playing a, a brawler multiplayer, they increase the amount of enemies on screen to compensate for the additional players? Yes. So, mania mode is they do that times two, and you only have one extra life. Mm. Now, granted, you can earn additional lives at certain score counts, but getting there is a little more difficult when you only have one additional life. There are a lot of enemies. So, I think I'm on on the fourth stage of that, and very have I gotten through... A single stage on the first try. Mm. So that's fun. Um let's see what else. I have gotten a couple uh UPS deliveries of some board games. Because oh. I know at some point we are going to get back to life as we remember it. Yes. I know we're we're going to get back to what we knew as our normal before this. And part of that Drew is game nights. So, I decided to spend a well-earned Amazon gift card <laughs> and get some more games. Yeah. So, we've got uh today King of, Tokyo, King of Tokyo Dark Edition came. I have seen it, this. It is absolutely gorgeous. I thought it was... Basically, the pictures that you see online and whatnot do not do justice. Hmm. It's a really gorgeous game. It's much more, uh, as the title would indicate, a darker art scheme to it. And the only thing so far that I'm not crazy about is the the character boards, you know, the ones you put on little stands and set up on the game table. The background of the character is white.
1: That seems which to be is, fly in the face of the dark theme.
0: It, exactly. It's. It is not, it's it's too much of a contrast of the art style that they're going for. And the art style they're going for is pretty good. I'm actually going to send you a picture as we speak. Given that I'm in my basement, I'm not sure if it will get to you by the time we're still talking about this. Uh, But, so that was King of Tokyo. The other one I got is Empires of the Void 2 by Ryan Lockett, Red Raven Games. Uh, the last game you played of history was that game Rome. Yeah, I like Rome. Yeah, so this game is a very big expansive game. This would be a, a, if we did this on a game night, it would be the only game we played. The manual is 36 pages long.
1: Uh, okay, oh my gosh.
0: So, it's got some stuff to it. Uh, do you remember Unearthed? Uh,
1: sh- sh- should you I? Oh, I have get a text the, message from Carl.
0: <laughs> you get the, get the four or five different dice, and you roll them, and you place them on a card. The, you get the different die-shaped faces, like one's D6, one's D8, one's D4. Mm. Then you uh, roll them, and you place them on the card that you're trying to take.
1: Uh, well, anyway, I gotta, man. I got to... <laughs> Oh, hey! Look, I the picture. It. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The, the white. See, the artwork is is very high contrast. You know, like dark with with right. with, a, with a with a bright contrasting color. But yeah, that white background does it no favors. Yeah. Huh.
0: Odd. Other than that, the game is fantastic. Yeah. Um. I got an expansion for Unearth, which adds a fifth player and some new mechanics. And then I got Clank Legacy, which is in a big honking box and I'm looking forward to digging into all these once we get out of the, the quarantine reality we find ourselves in now. Uh, um, yeah, also, what happen. has found its way into my life is the Lego brick.
1: I mean, how is so, it? Not in your life already, sir. In In the
0: beginning of the quarantine, uh, we, Julie and I, kind of... We're like, okay, William is obviously going to get more screen time than he normally does, given our work situation, that he has to be home at the same time that we're working. Uh, but at some point, we're just like, okay, we've got to find something else because he's getting way too much screen time right now. So we've got um, some track builder sets, and we've started getting him some Lego Star Wars sets. And, and also just like a standard, like classic Lego blocks set. And he is absolutely loving, like now granted most of the star Wars stuff I'm having to build for him. Sure. And you know what you I've, I've said for years, I'm like, I don't get Lego. Cause like there was one time that I took my nephew out shopping for his birthday and we went to Toys R Us and I asked him what he wanted. he's like, I want the Lego Slave 1, Boba Fett ship. Yeah. He's so like, okay, all right. So we go over to the Lego aisle. What and does that cost? Not- <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the cost of all this later. Uh-huh. Uh, I, go, I go over there and the Lego Slave 1 ship is not there. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Bring him over to the action figure aisle proper. And there's the Slave 1 toy with, that you can use with the action figures and whatnot. He didn't want that. He wanted the Lego one. I'm like, but you can actually play with this one and make sure it doesn't break. But he was like, no, I want that. I'm like, okay, fine. I got him something else. Um, but after building some of these sets, I kind of get it now. I'm sitting there, I'm building this stuff I and mean, he's helping me out as best he can like I'll put the piece in place, I'll be like okay William, push this piece down he pushes it down, and he gets all excited, he's like I did it and, like <laughs> I kinda get it now like the there's, they're just really enjoyable to build and very sturdy to play with like we got him, some of it we've been getting them. like a lot of the mini sets which is like, you get a TIE Fighter, like a little miniature TIE Fighter. It's not their standard TIE Fighter LEGO kit. It's like, it has like maybe 12 pieces, 12, 13 pieces to it. Yeah. And you can stab it to get it really easy, no problem. And it gets the point across. TIE Fighter, he loves it. And they've got like these little micro fighters, which are like smaller versions of the standard ships. And those are all well and good. They're not outrageously expensive for these sets. I think the most I've paid for one of the smaller sets is like thirty bucks, and that was from and that was one of the bigger smaller sets. If that makes any sense. Um, but we've also gotten two of like the actual like full size sets, one of which being the the A Wing, the Resistance A Wing, RZ two. And the other one being Luke's Landspeeder. Julie built the Landspeeder. I built the RZ2A wing. And as a building, the RZ2A wing, like it is incredible how structured these things are. And they are not going to fall apart from standard play. Like, you really have to try to get these things to fall apart. That's pretty impressive. It really is. Like the instructions are very clear. The parts are broken up into different bags. The bags are numbered. It's a very it's a very well thought out system. Now like if question I, if I if I was to give you like a Lego X Wing and say, you know what, just build this. I think you would get it too.
1: I mean I'd have to follow the directions, but you know, well, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, haven't, yeah. I haven't built Legos in, in quite a while. I mean, I was, I grew up with Legos and I, I love them to death. Um, but as a kid, like, you know, I would follow the directions with whatever, whatever. I mean, I had the generic space sets, right? Cause that's what but, we had back then. There wasn't the licensed, you know, stuff in the way that we have it now. But I mean, I would build whatever they tell, you know, they told me how to. But then I'm not going to lie, dude, I had, I just had a big box of pieces at, at, at a certain point brooke you know yeah and i just made my own stuff and yeah. i'm not bragging this is not a like, you know brag or whatever but i mean i you know i made cool spaceships from my own memory in my own head you know um with the pieces i had and i'm i you know not for nothing i thought they were pretty pretty sweet so my que- i was going to ask you a question uh basically like with all of the licensed uh, stuff now, are the piece uh, how many like pieces of of these sets are like very proprietary in that they would only be used to build this particular thing
0: I think again it's just simply based on the limits of the imagination because like my friend Jim, we you know um, his son Alexander's huge in Lego, and for one. For one Christmas, I got Alexander the LEGO Millennium Falcon because I'm the best godfather in the world. Uh, and, like, he sent to me, is like, this thing is like a dozen bags and three different instruction books. And I laughed about it and whatnot. But he told me, like, what, what Alexander will do is when he gets these sets, he'll build the vehicle as it's intended, keep it as it is for some time, but then at some point he would always disassemble it and start to make different stuff with it. Yeah. So again, it's only by the limit of your imagination and even William after a little bit of playing with, uh, the, the ships as they were constructed like one of the first sets he got was like a little miniature hoth set that came with like a little miniature snow spear that came with wedge and a little snow stormtrooper and one of the uh the the satellite dish cannons and the stormtrooper has like a little speeder bike and after a while williams started Of his own volition, saying like, okay, I want Wedge to have a lightsaber. So he disassembled parts of the speeder bike and assembled like a little makeshift lightsaber to give Wedge. And he did that all his own. Hmm. And I was like, okay. And then he just does things that he knows drives me crazy by putting the Stormtrooper helmet on Wedge and leaving it there. Mm And I'm just like, no, son. No, Wedge is not a stormtrooper. Wedge is one of the greatest pilots of all time. Um, So, yeah, you you can definitely... (laughs) Put some respect on his name. (laughs) Yeah. You can definitely build other things out of these kits. And the, the specific parts can enable you to build specific things they wouldn't normally be able to do with the generic parts. All right. So now I'm like, kinda, I'm kind of like looking at like, well, let's see what else they got out there for dad to build. So I don't know. We'll see. He's having fun with that. Uh, the last thing I got that I've started reading is the, uh, Thrawn book. Okay. Um, uh, the figure, the, not the know?
1: original, the, the new one, right?
0: Right. The, the new, the, uh, the Canon version, um, of the character. It's more or less his origin story. It's written by Timothy Zahn. And I'm about five or six chapters into it so far. And that's really good so far. Um, I mean, it's Timothy Zahn's the character he created. I'm sure it's going to be great. Love seeing the character in Star Wars Rebels. Um, and just like, I mean, the one of the, one of the few nice things about not getting weekly comics is now I have time to read other things. <laughs> and so I also, I finished up the Anthony Daniels book. IMC 3 c C3PO. Yeah. It's more or less just like his accounting of filming and his experience after the films and whatnot. It was really cool. I learned some things I didn't learn before. Like apparently nobody really liked Richard Marquand, the director of return of the Jedi. I, I had heard that. Uh, yeah. So Does Anthony a,
1: Daniels also relay the fact that no one really likes Anthony Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in so
0: many words. Okay. Um, but I mean, he's, he's Anthony Daniels, man. He's see three PO. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and he was always telling story. Also telling stories about what it was like shooting the prequels and all the green screen and whatnot. And how he and how they would need to get like a very mundane shot, like in episode three at the end when they're leaving Mustafar, and C three PO's piloting the shuttle, and Obi Wan is sitting next to him. Instead of just filming Obi Wan and three PO sitting next to each other, George wanted to do it digitally, just splice in, just film Obi Wan. And just splicing uh, PF from the day before, yeah. And Anthony Daniels is right there on set. You so, see, uh, we're this gonna, interesting.
1: We're gonna. I have notes about that particular thing in in episode two, so we'll talk about that for sure.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, Lissa, really quick, have you been? I I'm guessing no, because he didn't seem too keen on him when they. It. Mm. Have you been watching the uh the Disney Studios gallery series about Mandalorian? No, I have not. It's really good. It's legitimately like really interesting, and they're pacing it out nicely, breaking up. Each episode's like a half an hour each. Um you know, this week's episode was about the technology. They used for it the big wall of L C D screens that they created a lot of the environments with. Yeah. And that was just really cool to see because it, it, they track it so that it lines up with phalanx for like, for the technical term. So like it kind of, the wall knows how to shift the scenery accordingly, more or less. It's fascinating. If anything, I would just recommend you watch that episode. Okay. But, And they were talking about, like, there are a couple different roundtables, one with the directors, one with the cast, and then one with the, like, producers and visual effects directors, one of them being John Knoll, who started out on Phantom Menace. And I actually learned, you know, for all the, the digging and whatnot that we give to it, the Star Wars film with the most miniature and model work was actually the Phantom Menace. You know, I was I was very surprised to hear that. The, well, and Bob I told you like, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff in that film that you think is CG that actually isn't. I, but hang on. Well, I did say
1: in our in our discussion of the Phantom Menace that a lot of these effects held up way better than I thought they would, and I and I'm telling you the reason why is because George hadn't committed fully to the CG you know everything philosophy yeah. yet. And now meanwhile, we're going to talk about
0: episode 2. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, oh boy. So so we'll, that we'll I would I would definitely recommend that and you know, more and more I hear Dave Filoni talk about Star Wars more and more I kind of want him running the ship.
1: Yeah, like I, I don't. <laughs> because <laughs> We'll get to that, I guess. Well do you want to talk about it now? I don't know. There's some announcements with the Mandalorian that I could maybe. Elaborate no, we're talking
2: on.
0: about Mandalorian in the news, but he's very much of both schools. I get that. Like, I get that. And I think like, you know, if they announced John Favreau's running Star Warship, I'd have no problem with that whatsoever. That's my best I, case scenario. I he would be he would be my one B Dave Filoni is my one A. So, uh, but again, we'll talk about that more. Yeah. Coming up
1: shortly, actually. So,
0: yes. Uh, so that has been our weeks. Dear <laughs> listeners, Legos, Legos, if you like, <laughs> Legos.
2: Uh, if you like to tell
0: us about your- <laughs> Legos, pizza, and board games, what more do you need out of life or this show? Uh, if you would like to tell us about your weeks, reach out to us and communicate with us in any way. Send us questions or comments to be right on the show. Uh, please do so at the following social media locations. You can find us on Twitter and follow us at Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Pod. You can email us at the Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you at our website the devil's podcastcom Drew, that being said, we do have some emails. Excellent. Excellent. Um, we're going I'm going to kinda go through these as efficiently as possible because one of them is kind of a dissertation more than an email. Uh-oh. Uh oh. it's got some length to it, but I applaud the enthusiasm. Okay. Uh we're gonna start out a couple weeks back, we got an email from Mr. J. El Sumino. Oh. Carl and Drew. Anything you guys are currently reading comic wise, you'd, rep- you'd recommend. Just kinda curious what you fancy lately. No. Uh J., there's no comics coming out lately. There's not. So Read the Invisibles. <laughs> yeah. And get, I
1: get and I I I, I I I it like it's almost cliche to say, but as I'm reading it like I as just because I'm a Grant Morrison fan, I'm like, "Oh yeah, he was on drugs here <laughs> when with the issues with with the issues that were clearly influenced by some some experiences, shall we say, you'll know it. it's great,
0: <laughs> and Jay, based on what I know of your read pile and your to buy pile. Um maybe now's really not the time to be looking for stuff that's new. Maybe wow. you just kinda eat what's on your plate, sir.
1: Yeah, my yeah, Jay and me, my, my yeah. back issue pile is huge, dude.
0: Just just eat just finish what's on your plate first, and then you can
1: There's nothing new out anyway, man. By the time you guys get done with those back issue piles
0: Comics well, might I'm, still not be back. <laughs> I'm willing to say we will be out of quarantine
1: because I know uh,
0: how big both your piles are,
1: dude. And I, I, without getting let's let's get into emails. But like, my enthusiasm for comics right now is just not not good, and this and and the pandemic isn't helping. Certainly, but I I really hope the industry has a plan for re replanting itself uh, and getting off on a
0: on a big you know, important note. We'll see. Anyway, Speaking of which drew. Yes. Is there any comic book run you'd like to see as a video game? What kind of genre would it be?
1: Oh, that's wow. That's really.
0: Wow.
3: Um, interesting question.
0: Um, give, give me, give me the Arkham Asylum video game. Oh, not my- the one we got. Give me the Graham Morris and Arkham Asylum as a video. game. Oh my God! Why did I just tell you about drugs, Carl? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow, that's so. That is a. That's a crazy question. Um. I feel like you could make a detective game out of out of uh, like an Ed Brubaker series, like um. Oh my God! Like like a, like a a criminal a video game in the criminal world either as a detective game or as a GTA-esque um open world e with a narrative uh crime game. I think that would be really really cool with the Ed Brubaker um grit and noir you know uh, voice to it. That could really be something masterful even.
0: Um they I, kind of already did that. It was called La Noire. Well, that's Don't what I mean. That?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know La Noire. But I, with with Brew Baker's particular um, yeah. style and and flavor, I think it would be that that could be really neat. Actually, um, a invincible. Oh, okay, give me an invincible video game in the style of the of the classic arcade beat em ups, a la Turtles, a la Simpsons arcade. Okay. That that could be colorful and fun. Like the yeah. actor right. Yeah. That 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 could be cool. And let me try to think. Um anything else that would be kind of neat and off the wall top of my head. Um Just just to stay on brand, Daredevil
3: RPG. Okay.
1: Let your mind fill in the blanks. Because I don't know how it all worked exactly, but it felt good to say.
0: I think an RPG would be a little hard to do because, like, who else do you have in your party, per se?
1: Um. Danny, Danny Rand, the, the, the defenders uh-huh. no you, you bring you bring in the defenders okay um actually. S- stick you know um electra uh typhoid mary you can have heel and face you know heel and face turns along the way and and tell an overarching narrative uh king okay. Pin, king would you your be you be your big bad obviously uh, uh, we're not gonna, we're not pulling a square soft uh you know Disc three swerve. It's not really the kingpin. It's this other guy you don't care about. That's the real big boss. No, no, we're not doing that. uh We'll keep it.
0: We'll it's keep, Daredevil. We'll keep it. Daredevil. He's the villain. You're playing Shadowland. Oh no,
3: no, <laughs> oh
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carl,
0: why why you gotta do me like that? Oh, it hurts. And, and Daredevil is replaced by Raiden. Your party. Oh God.
1: Oh, you know, yeah. Now we're not I'm, not. I'm not ready to talk about that yet. Um. Okay, cool. Cool question.
0: Okay, so, Good question. Carl, apparently in the new Justice League Dark cartoon, King Shark and Constantine were an item. I'm not Aww. joking. Which shark in the Jaws franchise do you feel would make the best companion? Um, I gotta say the mother shark from Jaws 3. Very caring, compassionate for her young. Wanted to kind of get in there and say, how you doing? Stop messing with my kid. Uh, so, Yeah. Get to go, with Charles Three Shark. <laughs> Jay, thank you very much for your question. Now moving on to Mr. Alan Waiter's. Carl and Drew, mm. well it's quarantine day. Again. Mm. What are the top five most influential video games during your youth teen years? Okay, folks. I've seen this listen, going around. This has we, been going on We We've been doing this since two thousand sixteen, Drew and I. We've been doing this since 2016. That's hard to believe, actually. If, <laughs> if there's one thing that I think we've established at this point, and Alan, you of all people should know better, <laughs> is that Drew does not like to do top five lists. I, I don't like ranking things; It's hard. Don't <laughs> ask him to
1: make a list. I can make. I can give you a list, but it's not going to be ranked. It's just going to be. A, it's just going to be things. Sequent, like in in an, you know. It'll be a number of things in no particular order. Okay. But I've seen Go this. I've, se- I've actually seen this getting shared around the internets, and I've, I, I have not participated in it myself, but I have given it an ounce of thought. Um, so say that again. The top five.
0: Top five most influential video games during your youth slash teen years.
1: Okay. Um. Uh, this is, this is tricky in a, in a way though. Actually, I mean, like it's going to, this is going to be so cliche. Like I'm going to say them and you're gonna be like, of course, of course. So I'm just going to say them. Uh, super Metroid, super Super Metroid, symphony of the, Castlevania symphony of the night. Um, uh, final fantasy three as I knew it or six. Um, uh, hmm. Those are, like, the big three, like, you know, influential-wise. Getting into my teen years, I guess? I mean, then you're going to get into...
3: I guess I I would say...
1: I, I, I feel... I feel like we're not saying Mortal Kombat because God, it, it it like was my obsession in junior high and early high school. The game was everywhere. I mean, it, it was it was the game of of the '90s. You know what I mean? So I kind of have to say Mortal Kombat, I suppose, even though I really fell out of fighting games as a whole after like Mortal Kombat three or four ish around that time. Um, but I have to say Mortal Kombat because the the it it did things that other games didn't quite do the same way and i really dug it um and uh number five <sighs> um i i keep wanting to come back to like metal gear solid like the first metal gear solid but that doesn't seem right so i that, zelda zelda i uh specifically zelda uh 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 um Link to the Past, that 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 was my favorite Zelda. It still is my favorite Zelda game, and Zelda still has a huge, uh, huge role in in my life. For God's sake, uh, Link to the Past is is amazing, and or, obviously Ocarina. Yeah, Ocarina is great. But before there was Ocarina, for me as a child and and even into my teenage years, Link to the Past was still my jam. So there you go. There's my five.
0: Okay, all right. So my five is gonna be original Super Mario Brothers. Duh. Yeah. 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 Uh, Street Fighter two. Uh Empire Strikes Back on the Atari. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh Super Dodgeball. Oh yeah. And then probably uh number five. Uh, I wanna say Contra. Contra's amazing. Contra's great. I wanna say Contra. Um, but I'm probably going to go with, uh, Spider-Man on the Atari, Cool. not by any measure Spider-Man Empire Strikes Back are not by any measure, uh, good games, airframe quotes, but as far as influential and showing me what games can potentially do,
1: I think it'd be a worthy discussion okay. on our part at some point. Um, earliest video game memories.
0: No, I can tell you my first video game memory. Yeah, put, it in your first, po- put put it in your pocket I think first this, time I ever played a video game, I remember it like it was yesterday
1: i I think this would be a interesting discussion on our part uh let's 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 maybe let's let's break that one down
0: yeah, yeah, okay, so uh Carl, I know you will go into detail about the snyder cut uh, there are ah. many directors. Many directors Cuts like the Donner cut, Daredevil director's cut, and other extended cuts. Many people will also point to fans criticizing Sonic's first design before the changes. Do they have a point? Alan, spoilers. We're going to be talking all this in the news. Yep, stay tuned. Um, Drew, yes. have you reached a plateau in your weight loss journey? I feel mm-hmm. like I'm there. Yep, it happens, man. Is there, is there any advice to give to break the plateau? I'm down 30 pounds That's and want to 40 pounds. pounds. Alan, pounds, Allen. That's that's great, dude. Um, I'm wants I'm to hit forty pounds, and then he closes with "Keep it up again, gentlemen," and remembered sport Maga make Allen great again.
1: Allen, that would imply that you stop being great at some point, which we know is not true. Allen's always been great. Um, Facts. Facts. Um, I'm at twenty one pounds in holding, and honestly that's probably where I'm going to stay in my, in my back of my mind. I would love to maybe drop like another five, but I don't need to. I mean, dude, it's Carl. My, it's so, my clothes are falling off of me, dude. (laughs) Like I'm wearing, I'm wearing pants. I haven't worn in like years and, and they're big on me. It's, it's kind of bizarre. Um, so I'm kind of where I want to be, but but having said that, the plateau is very real. Anyone that's ever tried to do any sort of uh weight loss knows that you, you you know you work hard and you know you will see results, but you you might not be where you want to be and you're doing the things that have gotten you so far, but then suddenly those things aren't getting you where you need where you want to be. So you 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 plateau, you hit, a, you, hit a, you hit a speed bump and you feel like you're stuck. Um I don't have anything specific to tell you. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a master in this. I can only speak from my own experience, which is as frustrating as so many of you as have experienced, I'm sure as well. All I can offer is stay to stay true to what you've been doing. That has gotten you this far. And if you've gone that far, go a little harder. Um, And I know that, you know, it, it's it's easy to say that it's hard it's harder to do it. But the way I try to think about that is when you first started whatever it is you were you're doing to get where you want to go. When you when you finally hit that point where you're like I got to do something and you changed whatever habits you had. Those first few weeks were brutal. I I know. I when I started it was in January. Like yeah, the first couple weeks sucked. Like sucks. It sucks. You know cutting your calories down. It sucks, you know, telling yourself every three to four times a week, no, no, I don't care whatever, I don't care how I feel, I don't care, uh, you know, what day it is, I'm working out or whatever today and doing it. It sucks. And then eventually, but you do it. And then at a certain point, it stops sucking. It just starts becoming what you do and then time goes by and you hit that plateau so all i can offer is when you hit that plateau remember how you felt when you started and remember the work that you put in to to get over the hump and do it again and it's hard to do but it got you this far so if you just go a little harder you can you can go further so that's that's my that's my best advice to you just remember how you got where you are and go and go, go a little further. Does that makes sense?
0: My voice would be steroids, but that's just me.
1: <laughs> You know, remember kids, even on steroids, you still got to put the work in. <laughs> <laughs> they're not magic. <laughs> they help. They they Hey, they help. <laughs> but you still have to do the work.
2: <laughs> All right
0: uh alan thank you very much for email as always now moving on to mr cyrus moore a, loop, to be to a, a long one so but let's get into it all right uh comments until i've finished uh gentlemen hope you are well last week during your discussion on phantom menace you were looking at ideas to help fix the movie or at least make it better Couple quick ones I had were: move the trade dispute subplot and replace it with well-funded, organized terror- terrorists mm. group. Had, uh, ter- blah, sorry. Remove the trade dispute subplot and replace it with well-funded and organized terrorist group that is rebelling against what they call Republic tyranny. Obviously, Palpatine is pulling the strings, and the Republic always seems two steps behind when dealing with the threat. Granted, the rebel terrorists are a mirror of the original trilogy, but it's like poetry, it rhymes. Oh, I see what he did there. (laughs) In episodes 2 and 3, I think there needs to be a bigger emphasis on the morality of the creation of the clones, perhaps Anakin really struggles with Jedi support of the artificial creation of human beings, and the complete disregard of their lives. Anyway, it's just a couple ideas. There's probably a hundred more that we could We could be here for days. There's actually something positive about the prequels. I want to talk about really quickly. Prequels do something that the new trilogy doesn't do at all, and the original trilogy did, but not much of. They world build. Instead of in Episode Seven, the Republic was somehow was created after Episode Six. The First Order came from somewhere, and our protagonist is someone. The prequels take the time to set up the world and motivations behind the characters. Sure, some of it is boring, but it's also real. The world is absolutely... the war. There would be... There would absolutely be trade disputes in galactic trade. It reminds me of when George R. Martin mentions at the end of Lord of the Rings books where it reads, Aragon became king and ruled for 100 years. Martin wonders, what was his tax policy? Okay, yeah. I was kind of that paragraph kind of threw me there, because I was like, you know, Martin didn't write the Lord of the Rings. Right? No, let me read that again. It reminds me of when George R. R. Martin mentions that at the end of the Lord of the Rings books, where it reads, Aragorn became king and ruled for a hundred years. Martin wonders, what was his tax policy? I've rambled on long enough. You two take care, and I'll catch you next time.
1: Alright. Uh, that's a good point regarding the world, bu- <clears throat> the world building um or lack thereof in in the sequel trilogy versus the prequel trilogy. And that's a valid point. Um, But at the end of the day, execution matters. (laughs) I still have to be able to enjoy the movie as it were. And George made sure that I didn't. So, um, but that is a good point. I, I, I will not disagree with that. Actually. That's, that's a good point.
0: Okay. All right. That, does it for our email questions appreciate it as always everyone for participating in the show moving on to our news so we've got three things i think are gonna take a lot of conversation time with us um and then there's one thing that bears mentioning but because of the scope of the other three things i just i kind of want to gloss over it and I don't want to make it seem like I'm being insensitive to any gender or Uh-oh. sexual orientation. Uh, but it's just we've got bigger things to talk about. And Drew doesn't watch these shows, so we're not going to spend a ton of time. With <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, plus, we're uh, 50 minutes into the show, and we still want to talk about Attack of the Clones at some point.
0: Right. Right. So, well, these episodes are longer. Then again, do we want to talk about <laughs> Attack of the Clones at some yeah, point? yeah. We're we're just going to keep pushing it off. Um, Let's talk about the holiday special. Um, I'd rather. (laughs) I'd rather. So, uh, the star of the CW Batwoman series, Ruby Rose, announced she is leaving the show prior to season two. Hmm. Uh, This is obviously a big surprise um, on the surface. You don't normally hear something like this. Uh, the CW shows, the DC shows are fantastic. They've been doing for years now on television or Marvel has been doing in theaters. And to hear that the star of one wants out after one season, it's very surprising. You read a little more into it. it seems that from some sources, you know, be number one on the call sheet, maybe a little more than she expected and that the parting was a mutually agreed upon uh decision. So any quick thoughts on that?
1: Um I was surprised given that, you know, the show seems to be doing well and you know her casting was sort of a big deal. Um but I know she also got hurt on set. Now I from what I've heard that that wasn't a, that wasn't the motivating factor in her leaving. It was more of a scheduling kind of thing where she just felt like this was taking a lot more out of her than she anticipated. Um, yeah, you know, Hey, look, it's her decision. And if it's too much for her to handle, then Hey, ha- have a nice day. You know, like life is yeah. life, life is short folks. And if you're not, if you're, if you're doing something that you don't want to do and you don't have to, don't do it. That I yeah. That's all I can really offer, you know? Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm in no place to judge anybody involved in the situation. If, if she felt like she just, it it was more than she could handle, then for her own sake, do, do do what you got to do.
0: Right. And obviously uh, when she was originally cast, there was a lot of blowback because of her decision. Uh, I believe some of it from the LGBT community saying some, like every, every community is going to have people you kind of wish weren't there. Yeah. As 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 geek fandom, we know this all well. And are going to talk about it momentarily. Yeah. Um but you know possibly some of that could have been a contributing factor, I That's know. A little, obviously. I don't know uh, how, has, how many Ah,
1: uh, never mind. I I I'm, I'm, in, yeah. I'm it's not my place to say necessarily in the, for that particular community. I can't speak for anyone involved, but but I just like, I. uh I don't know. Like So yeah yeah this what is. If, if it makes if it so, if it does her be- if it does her well to no longer be involved then good for her like do it do what you gotta do in life to make yourself happy
0: right so moving on to our next bit of news um as you know, drew and I are fans of fighting games I would argue me a little more so these days yes I think that's fair to say yeah um, and guest characters. In fighting games, have become a time-honored tradition. Uh, whether it be uh, characters from other properties that the company producing the fighting game owns, i.e., the you know Marvel versus Capcom series or the Soul Calibur series, things like that. Uh, the I can safely say the Mortal Kombat series has taken the guest character thing to a whole new level um, of who they've brought in, especially over the past three games. But Drew. An argument can be made that they've reached the zenith. <laughs> the, the apex of the mountain that no higher goal can be achieved because, Drew, coming to Mortal Kombat 11, <laughs> it's the future of law enforcement. The future is now, bro. Part man, yes. part machine, all cop, RoboCop has been announced as a guest character in Mortal Kombat 11 and, Drew, not only is RoboCop going to be in Mortal Kombat 11, but RoboCop, voiced by RoboCop himself, Peter Weller. Yeah, that's... Wow. You
1: know, I don't... I, I Again, I, I, I said Mortal Kombat is one of my, you know, formative gaming experiences. I still have a a love for that lore, and the original lore, that is, and th- th- those those original games they have a huge place in my heart man and like robocop in that is just it's insane to me it's just wild um i saw that i saw that uh, reveal trailer and wow and peter weller doing it what a time to be alive <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know i'll be honest man. if he's if he's on board to do that then get on this movie before the man leaves this plane to voice RoboCop in this new movie, please? Please? Pretty please?
2: Yeah.
0: And not only is it his voice, but they released a gameplay trailer yesterday and they've got the, the x-ray moves yeah. in RoboCop right now. And when they do the x-ray moves on RoboCop, you see his face behind the shield. Oh, wow. So,
1: it, so it's and it, it's... Peter That's Weller's face? Peter Weller. That's yep. awesome. Ah, it's so cool. My only yeah. uh my only like and, hiccup and he, with he the guest brought, character he, thing. He brought Ed with him. Oh God, did he? <laughs>
0: he brought Ed 09 with him. Did he watch the trailer?
1: I watched like the initial trailer and I think he shot a guy uh in the crotch, and I was like, Yep, this is okay. <laughs> They're doing it right. Um My only I only have one hang up with the licensed uh uh guest character thing, and that is that like if the contract expires that no longer become you know like that part of the game can get extracted or no longer is able to be released and stuff like that so it does get a little i we talked about this with like uh soundtracks and things like that in the past like if you try to play like a GTA game now you know it's not going to be the GTA game that you remember because they can't release the music as it you know licensing deals and i think the Tony Hawk games actually I don't care. Spoilers, they're, re- they're doing that Tony Hawk remaster or whatever. I don't care, but yeah. people care. Um, they can't use all the music that you remember from that game because of licensing issues and all that, so that's kind of a bummer. That And that does kind of gum up the works a little bit with this Mortal Kombat stuff, but man, Robocop, in a Mortal Kombat game, like,
0: sure, sure. He uses, he uses the Cobra gun. <laughs> he uses the, the data spike.
1: I have to say, um, I did see like he's got like twelve different skins in the game, like different costumes or out- outfits or whatever. Carl, not one of them, not one is of the new movie redesign. <laughs> <laughs> just, just is, so, just so you know, this
0: in, is in- one of them. The jetpack. That I, I, that
1: I don't know, but not one of the of the head skins that I saw was of the of the black armor suit from the new RoboCop movie that that no one remembers <laughs> except for me because me and Jay went to see it in the theater.
0: Thankfully <laughs> so. Okay, so
1: we weren't that's... we weren't mad, just disappointed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's great news. Uh moving on and you know it's kind of funny Drew we we live in this time where um surprises in pop culture and media are very few and far between. And the opportunity to truly surprise an audience seems harder and harder to do nowadays. Just because we know so much stuff going into something, whether it be through trailers, news stories, what have you. Which is part of what made the first season of The Mandalorian so great, is that they made the decision to hold back all the product of the child so that it would not be spoiled. And when that child shows up on the screen, you are truly surprised. Yes. And a lot of what happens in that first season, I've just got done rewatching it again. It's so good. And I really, really want a coffee table book of the production stills that they show at the end of each episode. Um, but because we didn't, we got two trailers and that was pretty much it. And the trailers showed basically very little of what the actual story was. And that is part of what made the first season so great. And I think they're kind of forgetting that lesson this time around with season two. Because we are finding out so much about Mandalorian season two going into it. I don't I don't understand. I think it's one of two things. One, I think it's because of like union rules and whatnot that these actors have to show up on a cast sheet for something that gets filed or something. So it all comes out eventually and they just decide to make an official announcement. If that's that, okay, fine. You got to abide by union laws and whatnot. Uh, The other thing is like they think they need to sell the show which I don't understand if you have the buy-in to this show that you have with season one, with as little information as you have, why do you think you need to sell more and give away more in preparation of season two? And what I'm referring to is we've learned that, uh, I believe the actor's name is Tamua Morrison. Yes, sir. Who played Django Fett in episode two and played the clones uh-huh. is going, is going to be in uh, Mandalorian season two, right. most likely as Boba Fett. We know that Boba well, Fett is hold coming on. back. Well, yeah, let, uh, we're, we're, we're going So we, we have all but confirmed that Rosario Dawson is playing a Um It has been officially confirmed that Kitty Sackoff is playing Bo katan which is still awesome because that's the character she voiced in the series. I'm I'm all we're getting about, more uh, we're getting more Katie Sackoff.
1: I'm all again, I'm I am one hundred percent team Katie Sackoff.
0: And now we're learning that Timothy Oliphant is in it and he's gonna be wearing the Boba Fett armor. So Yeah,
1: there's there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of information with what you just put out there. I mean, too much. It, there is too much. And uh, so, okay. Like you said, we didn't know a lot about the Mandalorian going in. And that kind of made the show itself that much better watching it um, because it revealed itself to us. And like, it just it was like, wow, this, I did not expect any of this in a way, you know, like, why not do that again? I don't, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you where I don't, uh, why, why are you showing your hand this early now? Here's the thing. There's two ways to look at that. If they're showing their hand this early with that much information, what aren't they showing us? What aren't they telling us that's going to potentially blow our minds, right? I mean, that's, is that a valid question? Fair. That is fair. Yes. However, there is another effect that this information can have. And I'm going to throw this at you. And this is, I could be just old man yells at cloud. Fair enough. uh, Carl, I, uh, all the stuff you just talked about, this person is playing this person. This person is playing this person. Carl, I don't know who those people are that they're playing. And I don't care. And this is my concern about Dave Filoni. And this was my... Even as cool as it was watching uh, Giancarlo Esposito in The Mandalorian Season 1, when the Black Saber thing came out, all I knew about that was that it was from a cartoon. And that cartoon fans probably lost their their minds when that happened. But a little itty-bitty red flag went up in my head going, Okay, well bringing the cartoon stuff into this. Now I feel like I got to do homework and that's not what I'm here for. And now in season two, we have more of cartoon crap coming into this. And I feel like, okay, that's great for the embedded fan base of people who are already way too invested in this. I'm over here just trying to, you know, enjoy star Wars the way I used to enjoy star Wars. I don't want to have to do homework. I don't want this to turn into Dave Filoni's dumping ground for cartoon stuff, and that's what it's turning into, and you're losing me a little bit, and I really liked the first season, and now I have concerns about season two.
0: That's well, my th- flip side of this. To respond to that, all reports indicate that, you know, Bogotan and Ahsoka are one episode only. All right. And... It's probably going to be a flashback episode telling how uh, Gideon came into possession of the Darksaber. Okay. and, that, like, and if that's I, all it is, much, good. And I love, I think Ahsoka Tano is one of the best Star Wars characters created since the original trilogy. Uh, she is an incredibly fleshed out and deep character uh she's she's been well done everything she's appeared in I think she's a great character but and I know i've watched all the shows, so I know about her, and I still don't want her as a regular part of this show like if you want to do one episode flashback and show her and show Bo-Katan, i'm all for that but I don't want them to be reoccurring parts.
2: Yeah.
1: I I guess my big fear is like the show is called the Mandalorian. Let's keep this on track here. (laughs) Like it's his show. Remember? And
0: we, and we, we come to a part where, you know, we have a difference of philosophy here. Whereas, especially when it comes to star Wars, where, the someone can tell you I have this good story and you should partake it. And the package of the story will tend to dictate whether you partake in it as opposed to whether I partake in it. Like If, you say, if, I say, if someone says to you I have this fantastic Star Wars story but it's in a cartoon series. I'm like, okay, let me watch. You tend to not care because it's a cartoon series.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> St- and now it's, Star it's, Wars it's a series of though. movies,
1: my friend, but it's not, it's, oh, it's not, but it is
0: to, th- to think it's just a series of movies. is just kind of naive now. It's I, grown so far beyond that.
1: I, uh, I, I, no, I, I, no, hang on. You're right. You may not want right to admit it it or No, no, it. no, you're right. It has. I just don't have to care about that stuff. The core of it is always the movies. They're what matters. Everything else is everything else. And they can jettison everything else with a snap of their fingers if they want to. But the movies are what people, yeah, people generally now, care about.
0: Now we're starting to see with Disney Plus and what they're able to do that those lines are becoming very blurred. And it's now becoming more than just the movies. Well, so mm. I'm all for that. I know you're not. To each their own, and we move on.
1: Yeah. Uh, so still,
0: all right, still really- looking
1: forward to Mando season two.
0: Of course, it's more Mando. Give, give me another. Give me Gain another thirty pounds on scenery he's eating. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know what? He's
1: earned it. Let Carl Weathers eat the scenery. Let let the man chew it. Let
0: him chew it. Um, Savor it, Carl. Yeah. (laughs) So that brings us to our main event news story of the week. I have less to say about this than you think. So it was announced this week that in 2021, the Zack Snyder edit of Justice League will be premiering On HBO Max. Uh, Rumors are that it's going to be a three to four part series broken up. Uh, The original Snyder Cut was rumored to be about four hours. Uh, Warner Brothers is going to be spending about 20 to 30 million dollars to finish this thing.
1: Oh, God. Imagine imagine a world where you spend 30 million dollars on a movie that already flopped. I don't think you can necessarily what call is it that what, what Hollywood Holly oh, Hollywood baby Hollywood. Oh my god I don't get it whatever hey I'm sure all the hashtag release the Snyder Cut fanboys out there are they're 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 celebrating in the streets right now if they could which they can't but whatever all then again. They're probably storming state capitals as well. So, you know, yeah, they're they're they pro- they probably are celebrating in the streets because they're largely the same people. Um good for them, good for Zack Snyder and his vision and all that business. Uh, look, I don't really care. Uh but again, the Snyder cut implies that he was unceremoniously removed from the film and yada yada and I don't know if that's really the case. Uh there's a lot that went into how the movie ended up the way it ended up. Um tragedy is involved. I I, I don't know it's it's you're never gonna know who did what to who when and why, right? Like that's that information is never gonna get revealed. Right. All I'm saying is Like, if it costs another $30 million, the Snyder cut, like we said before, didn't exist. There was footage, yes. There was what he shot, but it was incomplete. It wasn't the full picture. There were no effects, no music. Scenes are missing, yada yada, like the list goes on. So what you are going to get is whatever they're going to finish off is going to be Zack Snyder's vision, but like it doesn't invalidate the fact that what the Snyder cut or whatever existed before. No, it didn't really, whatever. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. $30 million. That's a John Wick movie.
1: Yeah. Like (laughs) that's a whole
0: nother movie budget.
1: Yeah. I, I I don't. And, and for, and for, for what to sell your streaming service? Like I I gotta be honest with you, Carl, are there, this is their big ace in the hole for this streaming service. Like, are there that many people that morbidly curious for the Snyder Cut? Like, were are there that many people out there with their pitchforks and everything ready that demand to see the grim, dark, miserable, murder-verse version of the Justice League that Warner Brothers felt it necessary to do this? Like, is this going to make them... That much money, that much more money to get butts and seats or subscriptions or whatever to the to this this deceptively named uh, a streaming service. I don't know. I so, don't know. I don't know. It's just weird to me. It's weird to me. And I think you're rewarding people for bad behavior. I think you're giving you're giving bad people a bone, and I don't think those people deserve that bone. So that's that's my
0: kind of take on the whole thing so i've thought about this a lot there's two ways i'm there's two angles i'm looking at this from one angle is this on this show we have always touted the importance of the artist's vision yes
1: true
3: true, the true, true
0: true influence on the product so for Based on all reports, and again, like you said, the 100% truth is never going to be able to be known. That's fine. Based on all the reports we have, Snyder left the project because his daughter committed suicide. No, but no right-minded individual, who is especially anyone who's ever been a parent, would be able to conceive of continuing work of any kind under those circumstances. So he stepped away to be with his family. It's the right thing to do. Warner Brothers decided to finish it with Josh week Okay, fine. This opportunity now presents itself. There's a new streaming service coming out. AT&T wants to promote it properly. And they got a fight with the 800-pound elephant in the room and the two 400-pound elephants in the room, Disney Plus, Netflix, and Amazon Prime. So they've got to have big guns firing right out the gate. And friends is great. I like friends. friends a lot of better.
1: people like friends.
0: <laughs> friends is not that big gun. I'm not going to get a streaming service for friends. You know why? You're not. Because I can, get, I can get basic cable, and which is cheaper, and turn on any channel at any given time. And if I'm not watching an episode of Friends, I'll be watching an episode of Seinfeld. If I'm not watching an episode of Seinfeld, I'll be watching an episode of Simpsons.
1: I'm not going to lie, Carl. If I, I, wait a, I hear you, but you're, under, you're wait, underestimating those Friends people.
0: <laughs> if, I, if I wait a half an hour, I'm sure I'll get an episode of Friends. So, okay. So, the opportunity for him to come back, finish where he started, as an artist, to put his vision on the screen, I'm all for that's great, if you get to come back to this thing after this unspeakable tragedy of your life and finish what you started, fine, great. I am not a fan of Zack Snyder's interpretation of these characters. I feel he lacks a basic grasp of the core of these characters that's 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 putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> everything everything that he does spins out from that, that he doesn't understand the basic core of the characters. But again, as we've said numerous times, these characters, through different years have been handled by different artists and different writers in the books. We don't always agree or like what an artist or writer is doing, so we just choose not to consume that product. You and I went and saw Justice League in the theaters, yep. and we said, for well, as bad as what, it has moments where you kind of like, if you just turned into this a little more, if you just done this a little more, this could have been a whole different thing.
1: But we don't know so, who did those moments, but right. we, but I could, know, I, get, I could guess that they weren't Zack Snyder.
0: So, but if from purely taking it from the perspective of an artist, I'm glad that he gets to go back and finish his work. Um. Directors' cuts are nothing new. We we've had directors' cuts for movies we can't stand. We've had directors' cuts for movie movies that we love. And from what I understand, there have been 63 directors' cuts of Blade Runner. <laughs> that, that's not wrong. <laughs> so and and I've never seen Blade Runner because I don't
1: know which version to watch. It's a valid that's a valid reason for not watching Blade Runner.
0: So Okay, so this is nothing you find. There's that. My concern is, in, and you alluded to this, is in the precedent this sets. Yep. Very vocal minority, and folks, don't fool yourself, it was a very minor minority, but they were very, very loud, of the... I'm not going to say all of them because I don't believe in generalizing like that so I can't back up a general statement like that but a good chunk of them were people you would not normally want to hang out with you know the worst the worst think of it you know what I'm talking about I don't have to go into it you're giving them what they want why are they going to stop there right what are we gonna
1: hear next? Oh uh, uh, release the Air Cut is already on Twitter for Suicide Squad. Yeah. Look so, and, and Carl, it, if I may, just be I'll let you I'm just did to have these you're you're petitioning for more of something that's A stunk and B did poorly. Like why? Why are you asking for, for, <sighs> all this reeks of to me is these people had it in their minds that this thing that they wanted was already unimpeachable. And then it came out and it was very impeachable and they can't accept that. Therefore, there must be some reason, some uh, ul- ulterior motive, some insidious uh um intrusion that caused the thing to be poor and bad and unlikable therefore we're gonna demand that we get the, the whatever the snyder cut the air cut that what? that is the pure version and that will show everyone that they're wrong about this thing that I already had my mind made up was going to be great, but then it wasn't, but I can't accept that it wasn't. Therefore I must double down and demand this other ulterior version of the thing to validate my already made up opinion. Come on, man. Right. Come on okay. live in reality. I, I,
0: I agree with that. I can't get behind the statement that it failed financially. Cause it just, it didn't, it made money. It didn't make Avengers end game money, but it made 700 million more wide. So that's I mean that's I'm sorry, those are factual numbers we can't argue with. You know, the DC films for as as bad I, as they have they, been. They've,
1: they've all made more money than that though.
0: They've all made money.
1: Yes, but they've um, all made more money than that.
0: Okay. It made profit. That's fair. If it, it profited. But um it. so but again, going back to like the dangerous presence, the sense and I was listening to the Kevin Smith podcast, fat man beyond and Mark Bernard is on that. And I don't get me wrong. I love Kevin Smith. I love his passion about things, even though I don't always agree with it. Um, and Kevin Smith is all for this and that's great. Um, I, something, uh, Mark Bernard said in the podcast, they really kind of stuck with me and it's something I really appreciated. I actually wrote down, I'm going to read it right now. Um, His quote is, I think the thing I've come to learn about being a fan, fandom in general, is that sometimes, most times, almost every time, it's better if we don't get what we want, because that is not what being a fan of things is about. It's not about being of consumer. It's not what being a consumer of art is about. We don't get to dictate the art we get. We get to receive the art that we get. And even when there is something we love and have devoted time and energy and passion to, we need to reserve the right to be surprised by it. And giving us what we uh, what we need and what we expect is never the path to being surprised by things.
1: No, I I, I heard that quote as well today on Fat Man, and I I I definitely uh, skew more Mark than Kev, and I love Kev, but Mark Mark is like my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah um and that is well put on his part that like at what point are the fans just going to be dictating to the studios what to what to make you know what i mean
2: Um,
0: right and that's and that's like that's when you run into the problem of the old sports adage if you listen to the fans you end up sitting with them
2: and Ah, that's I,
0: i don't want to set that precedent that being said, before we move on and finish up the news cycle here, um, Disney, maybe, want to give us a version of Rise of Skywalker that <laughs> maybe, maybe makes some more sense?
1: Ship has sailed, my friend, and
0: uh, I, would, I, I... I would not besmirch you. I would
1: not besmirch <sighs> I think when we wrap up our Star Wars retrospective, perhaps it might be worth discussing... Uh what do you do with this now?
0: Well just just put Definitely. that out, just put that out there. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um okay. So that's the news. There's the news. <laughs> we are We're at the uh, 120
1: mark, folks.
2: <laughs> Let's okay. talk about
1: Attack of the Clones. We give you value. You're getting a lot of value right.
0: in this podcast. So, Attack of the Clones? Uh, released two thousand two, I believe. I don't know. Set, Who cares? Set <laughs> ten years after episode one, Phantom Menace. Um, expectations were high going into this. Obviously, as with any Star Wars sequel. Were they? Um, yes. <laughs> I don't um, know. I remember. I was scared.
1: I was afraid. There was a lot of that. I Especially, remember. Do, do you remember? Hang on. Do you remember? when they were announced the title of the movie
3: yeah and we were all like
1: cuz because because when they announced the phantom menace as the title of episode 1 we all kind of went what the the what that's dumb and you know we we shrugged it off cuz new star wars episode 1 then we saw the movie and we were like uh oh K K, okay. Uh, Let's see what two does, and then you know, we saw the announcement of the two trip, the two, uh, uh title. And we were like, uh, uh, oh, attack of the clones. That's
0: terrible. <laughs> the, that's awful. <laughs> the title of the prequels along with the titles of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, for that point, um, are very indicative of one of their key inspirations, and that is Saturday Morning Serials. Um, That's something that's been a very heavy influence on George throughout his creative life. Yeah, yeah, Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's not... They're not the best titles in the world, but I get what he's trying to do with them. So... Yeah, it's called Attack of the Clones. It's not the best title in the world. No. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not. Um, If you just look at like, if you say, if you look at, I know this is near impossible to do. If you separate the title from the film, if you just look at the title as a title, and you put Attack of the Clones next to Empire Strikes Back, they they have the same feel to them. They have the same uh, dramatic intent structure to them.
1: Yeah, but Empire just sounds cooler. <laughs> okay. Put it this way. Um, we know what the Empire is. Therefore, we know that it is striking
0: back. <laughs> we... We know what clones are, Drew. Believe me, I was a Spider-Man fan in the 90s. I know what clones are, Drew. In in, in the
1: Star Wars context, though, we don't. So it was kind of like, oh, who are the clones? Why are they attacking? What? It's clunky. I don't have a frame of reference outside of a line of dialogue from episode four. (laughs) What? So again, in pair in in. and c- coming back to what I said about episode one and a lot of the exposition we got in that film, what's happening? Why? Who are these people? Trade disputes?
3: By who? For what? What's going on? No one's telling me. <laughs>
1: who are the clones? At least they tell us what the clones are. But. Up to, up to the title reveal, we had no no context at all. Okay, go on. Go, go, go.
0: <laughs> remember remember when I was pitching the idea of doing these episodes to you and I said, I didn't want the prequel episodes to be just crapping I know, I know,
1: I know, I know, I know, I know.
0: I, and because That's going to be like everything else that's on the internet about the prequels. I've got... I have
1: my notes. I will, and again, I will post those notes on our Facebook page. The, my episode one notes got some got some traction on our Facebook page, by the way, and I thank you all for that.
2: <laughs> they
0: they did, and I will not lie and say I didn't chuckle while reading that okay. myself.
1: Um,
0: I don't know that my two so, notes are okay. as good, but but I have notes. So so. I remember hearing that this one would be set 10 years after the original and I was just like wait what? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is and we discussed this in last episode with episode 1. They should have started here. They really should have. This shit this should have been episode 1. Like it's just it's too far removed. It, it's got it's nothing to, to do with three. the story. Yeah, right, right, right. But there's no Connections to episode one. When you look at the original trilogy, Star Wars is self a self contained story. Yes, slight little cliffhanger at the end to maybe in, fl- in for a sequel, but it's ultimately self contained. There's let uh, me tell you what there. But what we're well, going to no, talk gonna about say, by f- time you get the Empire. It's still close enough to Star Wars that you know you still know who these characters are. Granted, they've gone through some changes in their dynamic and whatnot, but you still know who the characters are. In Episode Two, we have to get to know Anakin all over again.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and Obi Wan for that matter, like right, and and Adala for that matter. Like she's not the queen anymore, and she. I mean, none of to be fair, none of these people had characterizations that of worth anything outside of their physical description in the first movie. Now we have to get to know them all over again. It just seems like a giant waste of time. And here's where I might surprise you, Carl. Um, it didn't have to be that way because there is stuff in this movie that I, I heard and saw. i was kind of like, Oh, they could have done that better. That they, they should have steered into that more. Um, there is connective tissue in one and two, but it's not with any of our principal characters that we care about or are supposed to care about. It's all ancillary and with background characters and things that we, that we don't see or really care about. Um, For example. Like, well, the biggest example, I don't want to just go through the plot and the notes and all that, cause it's going to get. Yeah, I'll I'll post the notes. Trust me, and the notes are basically in order of the film, so you'll you, you'll be fine. Um, my my, I guess one of the things that um, stuck out to me. Um, I really should have pointed out in my notes what was good and what was bad, even even though the bad would outweigh the good. Uh, <laughs> I just for, for just for the discussion's sake. Okay, Dooku, Count Dooku, right? All right, Count Dooku. To be fair is an interesting character. He, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying that. But he is an interesting well, character. Okay?
0: Well, you got Christopher Lee.
1: Christopher Lee automatically brings Gravitas to the role. Now, here's right. the thing. Here's my notes. Um, Dooku is interesting. He's a liar who tells Obi-Wan the truth. Not the entire truth, but enough of the truth. And that's, in, that is interesting because Obi-Wan doesn't want to believe him about the true nature of the Sith infiltrating the Senate and whatnot. Obi-Wan can't believe that. Like it's, it's, it, he, he can't fathom that that would be the case, but Dooku's not lying to him. He's telling him the truth. That's an interesting angle. Um, and on top of that, Dooku relays that he was Qui-Gon's master. That's interest. That that is kind of interesting. Okay, let's maybe elaborate on that. Maybe we get some inter- some some dirt on Qui Gon. Maybe we kind of pull that back into Obi Wan's story in some capacity. Maybe we get some, you know, maybe Obi Wan learns some kind of lesson in that his master in Qui Gon learned something from Dooku, and then Dooku maybe clarifies the lesson back to Obi Wan. Something like that. There is something there that is that is mentioned and glossed over and forgotten completely uh, by these prequels. But that's an example of something that's like, oh, okay, hang on, wait, there might be something cool here. Nope, it's gone. Because as we see in, we're going to talk about three when we, next episode, but man, they get rid of Dooku real quick, don't they?
0: Yeah, I mean... I agree with everything you're saying, Dooku is a really interesting character he's He's a good character. I'll go so far as to say um the The problem I feel in introducing a strong villain in these films that is not palpatine is that you you're ultimately still trying to tell the story of Anakin's fall to the dark side and Whereas those kind of secondary villain characters can be used in that respect. Unfortunately, they amount to be a little more than needed punching bags for the heroes. In the films, anyway.
3: That's, yeah, that's what they turn into.
1: And that's a shame. It shouldn't be that way. Like, I, I said it in the first movie. Darth Maul deserved better. <laughs> like, you're going to introduce this guy... People clearly were into him, and then oh, he's gone. Oh, okay, bye. Yep. <laughs> Come on, man. It's okay to set up these guys as something, and and not dispatch them with total just shrug of the shoulders. Like, especially with Dooku, because the, they're clearly with meat on those bones. And here he is, and then he's gone.
0: Yeah. Uh and then and also and again this goes back to our discussions of episode five and episode six and special editions, we've got more Boba Fett. Huh. Or, or, or or as one could say proto fet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody was so thrilled when they saw the armor and everything, I was just kinda like, really? But, (sighs) being said, to know that, you know, he's essentially what Stormtroopers originally were.
3: That's dumb! No, it's
1: not. That's stupid.
0: Give me a reason why it's stupid.
1: It's just another example of everybody knows everybody. We talk about this all the time. We have this vast universe. And, of course... All the clone troopers were based on the dad of Boba Fett. Of course they are. Couldn't just be some guy. Couldn't just be, you know, some super buff dude that the Camino people who are super mysterious happen to, you know, know about or whatever. No, no, it's this guy that has connective tissue to a guy we know. Oh, okay. And then this guy... Also happens, oh, he has a strange request. He wants an unaltered clone for himself as his son. That, of, of course he does, because, you know, otherwise, how would Boba Fett come to be, right? There's no character reason that we're given why he would want such a thing. <laughs> like, it's just a thing that has to happen. So George wrote it down like, hmm. Django fret should have an unaltered clone that's Boba Fret. And that way Boba Fret can be in the movies and in the new movie. Oh my god. Like I'm I'm sure that's as much thought as went into this. It's just it just makes everything feel smaller. Makes everything feel smaller and dumber. It, it doesn't need to be that. eh, eh, eh. I digress.
3: That's why.
0: Well, first off I thought out very much, you digress, but (laughs) because we're still early (laughs) into it. We're still going. Um, Smaller, yes, dumber, not necessarily. Because I think when you do this, you alleviate yourself from a lot of having to flush out who, if you don't make it this character, if you make it just like a random character. and, And again, I agree with you. There's too much interconnection in these films. I totally agree with you. But if you just make it like some random character that the, the comedians are using to create these clones from, then you got to go in and flush out who this character is. You're taking uh, away from your main store. No, you don't. No, you don't. It doesn't matter. They're
1: cannon fodder.
0: It doesn't matter who they are. Drew, I will counter this to you right now. If they had done that, you would You, personally, would say that not letting us know who this person is is stupid.
1: They're just clones! They're just bodies to throw at a situation. They're as disposable as the droid army.
0: Knowing how you interpret things, knowing how you typically read things, if they had done that, you would have said it. they wouldn't have been able to win in that situation. you yes, would have. They said would have. It they, doesn't
1: matter who they are. They, they're just—they're just clones. It—it it, it doesn't matter who they are. They're completely inconsequential.
2: We'll move on. They um, don't matter. So, you
0: know, we've got Jango Fett. We start to really see in. This film, the we saw it a little bit in the in the previous film. We could see in this film uh, the arrogance of the Jedi, especially the Jedi Council, um, just being kind of blind to what's going on around them. Yeah, as as uh, that's one thing I think was a very interesting thing they did with the story was to show that the. The Jedi being presented is not what you expected. No, the worst. I really enjoyed in these three films. Yeah, Um, I did. How they, and again, it's touched on, and they sum it up nicely in Last Skywalker, or uh, Last Jedi. You know, their legacy is arrogance and... Failure and mistakes, and that's not wrong. And that's shown that that's not wrong. Um, but the, the Last Jedi
1: is also a reaction to these movies. Didn't have to be that way,
0: right? So, I I like how the Jedi are portrayed in these films because really, really,
3: really, really. Okay, I mean, all right. You liked how the Jedi were portrayed in these films.
1: Benny I, I oh, I mean that's that's a take, man. I, I, I think they they looked incompetent and stupid at every turn.
3: Even ones we're supposed to like, like Yoda. Like we like Yoda, they turned him into an idiot. It's it's it's, it's painful. <laughs> a story. Uh, yeah, go on, go on. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's we posted.
0: <laughs> so, I think to an extent you have to do that to Yoda. Because it makes the character that we were originally introduced to more fuller. In episode, in Empire Strikes Back. You know, he makes the line, as you mentioned, when we did that episode, you know, my own counsel, I keep the news is to be trained. And we see the council here dictating you should be trained, you should not be trained. And in order for, in order to get, I think George was smart enough to know in order to make the Yoda that we have in episode five and six believable, we have to see where he's come as a character. And even as old as he is and experienced he is, we can't believe that he is infallible. And we definitely see his flaws throughout these films. We see an arrogance to him throughout these films and the other Jedi. Um, And so that's part of why I like how they were portrayed in this, because, you know, they're originally described as simply as peacekeepers. Um, I could definitely say that, you know, the portrayal of them being directly a part of a functioning government was probably not the smartest choice, but it works in the story that you're trying to tell. Um, So everything in this film is kind of starting to push forward as far as the grander story of the, you know, what is going on as far as what Palpatine is manipulating and things that are going on behind the scenes. I think, obviously, where this film just falls flat on its face and the biggest problem with the film is the love story.
1: Yeah. Yep. And that's. I think that's he one goes, of the areas where I was going to surprise you. Uh, there is a plot in here. That is interesting, or, or at least could be interesting. Except it's not the plot that's central to the movie. Um, the love story is the forefront, and it's, it's terrible. These characters do not and should not be in love with each other. <laughs> they have no reason, zero reason, to fall in love with each other. At all the The side story, or at least the background story, of the clone army being initiated x amount of years prior to the events, um, all, all of that, the machinations in the Senate to to get Palpatine, you know, empowered, and and all of that, like all of the cloak and dagger, that is the interesting part of the movie and the story, and that stuff is in the background, um at the foreground is Amidala and like, you know, they're going to assassinate her. Like, why, why is she so important? Like how some, someone else couldn't voice the same concerns that she could. Someone else couldn't call for a vote of no confidence or whatever. I mean, what, like it's, it, it's the way it is because the plot demand, because George's love story demands it. That's all. That's the only reason why it's, it's, it's very dumb. And Anakin and her falling in love based on the events and their characterizations in this film is the least believable thing I have ever seen. I don't, I I, I don't need to reiterate, you know what you already know, but my God, he is terrible in this movie. Anakin is an insufferable, an insufferable person in this movie. She has no reason to fall for this guy. None whatsoever. Except that George demanded that in the script that that it happened.
2: It, it makes, yeah, it makes the, no
1: sense, dude. He's terrible.
0: The, right. The, the main problem with the love scenes is that, like, there's nothing else for them to do. No, but they don't do just, anything.
1: They hide out on, on Naboo. Doing nothing for like the, that's the, oh man, the other, I made a note of this as well. There's too many plots in this movie. Like there's the whole assassination thing and then they have to go hide out on Naboo and then they're doing that. And then out of nowhere, it's like, oh wait, we have to go to Tatooine. Like, wait, what are you doing over here now? Slow down, bro. Like this movie has way too much going on and yet nothing and yet nothing really going on like it's. am i wrong in that like th- that whole Tatooine diversion for his mom was like completely un- that's like a whole that could be a whole other movie honest to god that diver- that there if we're starting to put it this way if we do like we said and we started the the prequel trilogy here rather than episode 1 then your your first episode you can do about anakin guarding padme Whatever context they want to tell that first story, episode two, you can center on his mother's, him and his mother reuniting and her dying. That's like that's a big deal, and they just like get into it as a side story, like in like you know at the hour and a half mark of this film. Like, whoa, slow down, pump the brakes. How many locations and things can we take in here? It's very overstuffed.
3: No, I, I I don't
0: disagree. Um, I think, and again, in the last episode, we kind of you know put forward the question: How would you fix these films if you had to keep the basic structure intact? I think with this, again, you have to give them something to do during Anakin and Padme, something to do during those scenes. You know, that's not just really creepy stalker dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah So I think what you do is you have Django going after Padme, and so that you that enables you, like Obi-Wan can still investigate the Separatists, which brings him to Dooku, and that still all plays out the same. But then you still have these scenes. If you have Django going after Padme, Nahahanken having to protect her you have events that can facilitate a romance like that. Sure. You have that peril that can often facilitate that kind of relationship and it alleviates you from just minutes in a room with just these two talking, which is this, this film among any other of the star Wars films shows that, while he is a good storyteller, he is not a very good director. Because just the the talent that he has in those scenes between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen, and that is what they are turning in as a performance. It's like, uh, what are you doing here?
1: I I did make notes that (sighs) Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. These performances are terrible. However, in these terrible performances, there is a common denominator um, in scenes of of Obi-Wan and, and Anakin and of Padme and Anakin. Uh, two of those people might be able to act, but only one of them is is showing it, and it's not the one that we're supposed to care about <laughs> in, in either case. Uh, Hayden Christensen might be a good actor, but he sure doesn't show it in these movies at all. You, you, well, and, you and McGregor bless his heart does a, a, a pretty masterful job with what he's given to make it decent. I, I, I and I'm that this is a compliment. I'm, I am complimenting these movies. He's given nothing and he manages to evoke. Some level of like, yeah, I kind of like that. I like that guy. Thumbs up, Obi Wan, Padme. Like you know, say what you want about Natalie Portman or whatever, but like you know, she's she's alongside this guy in this scene, and she's got garbage dialogue. And yet when she talks, it's like, all right, now you know, it's it's not great, but she's putting it. She's putting in a performance, and I'm I'm picking it up. Meanwhile. Man, I don't know what George told Hayden Christensen to do on set, but this dude is a black hole he is He is a black hole of charisma and of talent in this in this movie, okay, mind you, he might be a perfectly talented actor and other stuff, but my God, everyone else was given crap to work with, and they managed to. You know, give me something. this dude only inspires my ire. <laughs> he only draws my ire, <laughs> so there
0: well, I think you also have to remember and take in consideration these three actors, kind of where they are in their careers at this point. you and Gregor Portman, Corman, both very established, you know many films under their belts, yeah, and they've had time to hone their craft um in Christensen, this is what I think is only second or third film, Ooh. maybe. And so, he may have not felt like, either he doesn't necessarily, I'm sure he's smart enough to know that he's not being able to give his interpretation of the performance or just is in a position where he doesn't want to rock the boat and make a potentially make a bad name for himself in Hollywood so that he doesn't get hired.
1: Was it you who uh, told me that, that he tried to do more and, and George kept talking him back?
0: It it wasn't me, but it doesn't surprise me. Mm. Give, Cause again, I've seen him in other things and he's fantastic. Um, so that definitely would not surprise me at all. Um, so I think, I'm hoping, anyway, one thing we can agree on is the, uh, the climactic battle in this on, on Geonosis. Once the clones show up, yeah. uh, I could tell by your tone right now, we're not going to agree on it. Um, I thought it was pretty awesome. It's really just like, it's, it's a star Wars battle that we haven't seen yet to this point. Like we've seen, Concepts of what ground warfare is like in this universe, and Empire strikes back this is that like ratchet up to a thousand so tell me why it's bad
1: it, it it's it's a video game cutscene between two factions i don 't care about uh, it's just stuff happening okay I, I don't know so, why i don't know why it's happening, but it is and it's just it's a, it's a playstation two game um I have no investment in it i have no stake in it so i don't care about it so i just i can't muster up much of
3: much of uh, an emotion for it george couldn't pay for one stormtrooper costume
1: that took me out of it too by the way they're all computer generated and it shows like it's not even subtle i know there's nobody standing there they're all fake all of them the one scene where padme falls out of the ship and she rolls down the sand hill or whatever and then like a, a clone trooper runs up to her and you can see the footprints being made digitally after the foot the digital dude oh do, just watch you'll see it it's it's it will break your brain cuz you can see like how fake it is it's it's so bad it's just so bad it's so so bad it's just so stupid i don't know i don't know and like uh, ah i don't know it's just bad i just i can't like it's just all bad i have no stake. i don't know what's going on or why you're you're using the clone troopers as like you're they now they're the good guy army, but like come on, man, I saw the original trilogy they're the bad guys, you're trying to like pull a fast one on me or like, oh no, this is how it kinda started, and it's like, yeah, but you know what my brain knows that they're the bad guys, and this is weird. this is just a weird it's it's just it's just narratively strange to me to see this um there's no emotional heft. To that last act—it's just stuff happening. They want me to tell you, you know, they—they—they they, they want me to think that there's emotional heft to it, but it's, it's hinged on, on the love story, which again is, you know, flat. And then, narratively speaking, I still don't understand who the Trade Federation is, what their motive. Like, it just—all this is very murky. Separatists and and yada yada and and the bug people now. Like, who are the bug people? It's a good thing they're bug people so our Jedi heroes can murder them in mass and we don't have to care about it too much because if they were humans, it would be a little weird, right? That bothered me a little bit. Um,
3: yeah, I don't know. I don't
1: know. It's, it's just all so bad. <laughs> Maybe if any of the character moments landed, maybe I could I could feel something more about this, but like it just all is so nebulous to me. It's just stuff happening. There's no I just don't have a reason to care about any of it. It's just events on screen. And and I'm supposed to like watch it and have an opinion. I, I don't know. I, I don't. It's just it's just stuff. Computerized stuff. These effects do not hold up whatsoever, like at all. Episode one has stuff that holds up. This one, no,
2: no, 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 it does not. I don't know. Well, I think that about puts cherry on top of the sundae.
3: <laughs> uh, yay. I have some fun notes, though.
0: I'm sure people will look forward to reading them. Um, like the bug people.
3: The, 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 did they design the Death Star, Carl?:
2: I'm assuming
0: it would it was a conglomerate design.: Is Jin he, Erso's
1: yeah. father a bug person? is what I'm asking. No. It's not a bug person. <laughs> is Mads Mickelson a, bu- a a a a bug person? We need to know answers. I want answers.
3: I demand answers.
2: All
0: right. We've we're clocking in now at We're we're This just
2: is this is, is
1: this is This ju- No, 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 no. We're just under 2 right um, now. So let's wrap it up.
0: So so, we're going to wrap it up. That brings to close our discussion of Attack of the Clones. We will, schedules long, be back in a couple of weeks for Revenge of the Sith. If you would like to contact us, reach out to us at any of our social media outlets, you can do so at the following. Tell me how wrong you I can, am. <laughs> you can contact us on Twitter, follow us at Devil's D Pod. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash pod. You can email us at the pod at gmail.com or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the com. Drew, any closing
1: thoughts? I didn't even get into how this movie completely destroys the Jedi and their philosophy and what you believed about it forever. Didn't even talk about that. But that's another another day, another time maybe- maybe my notes you can look it up and to uh, clarify oh. and to clarify, I'm not even that mad about this movie i like I was for a long time. I don't even care anymore, I'm so over it. it's just it you know it's just a thing that exists it's sa- it's sad it's a sad thing. didn't have to be this way, but it is now, and we live with that. And you know, I'm still alive. I'm still healthy.
3: Hanging in there. I- I- I'm I'm good. We're fine here,
0: Carl. How are you? Oh, we're all fine in there. <laughs> and we have a whole other prequel to go, so I'm sure uh, we'll be able to. Oh, dive. I can't wait. Portrayal of the Jedi. Until then, folks. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We do actually. Hope you uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay home. Yeah, well
1: yeah. And, uh, Follow your reopening phase plans, kids.
0: Yeah, maybe just kind of stay home a little bit longer beyond the whole phase one, two, three thing. Let's just kind of wait for this thing to done.
2: Be
1: smart. Yeah, just... Like Magneto said in chess, the pawns go first.
0: All right, folks, thank you again for joining us. Have a good night.